good morning and welcome to all the colleges and universities watching today for this Learn Live Roundtable broadcast with Charlotte Lowe and special guests from Lancashire Mind. So today we're talking about talking. Thursday the 6th of February was Time to Talk Day, which is a campaign led by two national charities, Mind and Rethink Mental Illness. Mental health problems affect one in four of us, yet too many people are made to feel isolated, ashamed and worthless because of this. Time to Talk Day encourages everyone to be more open about mental health, to talk, to listen and to change lives. Before we meet our wonderful panel, just a reminder to all of those who are tuned in to watch this live, to leave your questions on the live chat facility next to the video player to ask any questions you may have about mental health. Which brings me on to introducing the panel. So we have Charlotte, Holly and Brian in with us today. So Charlotte, if you want to start with yourself, uh, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, good morning. Um, I'm Charlotte Lowe. I currently work for myself, working in different um, high schools in Preston and Chorley and Liverpool. And I work on a one-to-one -one basis with pupils um, as a CBT therapist. Um, I run different therapeutic groups in schools and um, I deliver training to staff in schools, but also colleges as well. That's great. And Holly? Uh, yes, so hello, I'm Holly. I work in community development for Lancashire Mind. We are a mental health charity based in Lancashire uh, and affiliated to Mind, the national charity. Um, and I work with a team who deliver a range of projects and services um, across Lancashire to, to people of all ages, so from primary school all the way up to um, adults and older people as well. That's brilliant, thank you. And Bryony? Yes, good morning. Um, I'm Bryony. I am the wellbeing coach lead at Lancashire Mind. Um, so I work with a team of wellbeing coaches who work, again, on different projects across Lancashire um, with people, mostly adults, but people aged 16 plus, um, helping them to better self-manage their own wellbeing and mental health. Perfect, thank you. Uh, so now we've met our panel, let's start with the Time to Talk campaign. So Bryony and Holly, what is the Time to Talk campaign? Um, well, Time to Talk Day um, came from the Time to Change campaign, which is a national campaign. As you said, it's it's run by Minds, the National Charity and Rethink Mental Illness. Um, and the Time to Change campaign is all about ending stigma and discrimination around mental health. And the way the campaign aims to do that is by by talking, by, by having lots of social contact um, and encouraging people just to kind of talk more about mental health and to normalise that conversation around mental health. Um, and, and they believe that by doing and that you know it will change the culture and it will will change sort of the stigma that people attach to to mental health um so so time to talk day is is one particular day where everybody is encouraged even more than ever to kind of you know sort of stand up and talk and have conversations um and time to change is about sort of supporting people who are maybe struggling with a mental health condition to open up and talk to someone but it's also more generally just about encouraging everybody to to talk about mental health and, and talk to make it part of their everyday lives. Brilliant, thank you. Um, so just to turn it back on to all three of you again, um, why are you guys so passionate about mental health and how does working within this sector make you feel mentally wise? <laughs> I think it can be um, quite challenging at times working in, in the mental health field, but it's incredibly rewarding. Um, you know, being part of an individual's journey in terms of finding themselves, but then finding those ways of, of coping, you know, and being able to live their lives more positively. But, yeah, I myself find it very, um, very rewarding and I'm very passionate about trying to improve, like, service provision for those struggling with, with the mental health. Mm. 
Yeah, I think my passion kind of it, it comes from sort of a um, sort of my own experiences, really my own lived experience, and and sort of being diagnosed with a mental health condition and initially feeling really ashamed about that and sort of experiencing that stigma, uh, which kind of took me on a bit of a journey where I got to the point where I, you know I absolutely should never feel that way. Um, so so I'm I sort of really enjoy my job now because it, I'm in a place where I'm able to help other people to to, to sort of realize that, empower and encourage other people to to open up to talk about mental health to realize it's okay if you're not okay um and and yeah it's, it, it is just massively rewarding really to be able to support others to do that that's brilliant thank you for that and Bryony yourself um I think for me I studied psychology at college just kind of picked it and then ended up loving it um I went on to do it at university um and again I think kind of like what you guys have both said um I like helping people I don't ever want people to feel upset or that they can't access services like like I love my job in the sense that like I get to go out and help people and kind of have a more hands-on approach I guess doing stuff with them to make them help them better self-manage their mental health and overcome challenges that's great thank you guys um so just to tap into um obviously with mental health for students at colleges and universities what can the colleges and universities do to bring more support for those that are feeling perhaps lost depressed anxious stressed I think um, going away to university is a really challenging time anyway. I think there's a lot of um, transitions there. It's often people's first time being away from home, being away from family. There's the academic pre pressures because structure of university changes, doesn't it? It's more independent learning, financial pressures. Um, and I think as a university, again, it's, it's providing students with that information, isn't it? You know, around mental health, around how to promote positive mental health in themselves. I always think training staff is very important so that all staff at universities are able to identify students who are struggling and then signpost them to support either within the university or outside of university. Um, yeah, I think, you know, so kind of creating that safe space for students to, to have somewhere to go when they need that support and um, where they can access lots of information, they've got somebody to talk to. And I think just kind of being aware of what provision there is sort of in the local area for a university to kind of know that, to have those links with other services um, and other other things that, that they can kind of signpost students to as well um, is really, really important so that they've got kind of a wealth of information that they can, they can give to students. Mm. A lot of colleges and universities now have like a wellbeing support Brilliant. system or something like that within them, don't mm. they? And I think, again, mm. it's it's letting people know it's all right to say if you're not okay as well yeah. like don't be scared of going and say actually I'm really struggling with this or this has yeah. really affected me yeah um and speaking to each other um, yeah and yeah. academic advisors or whoever it is that's brilliant thank you guys um so what would you guys like to see happen in the future or now even to get people to get the help that they need at colleges and universities in an ideal future, we'd see um, a lot of early intervention and prevention work being done in primary age children. So by the time that um, children reach university age, and, you know, and they're having to deal with lots of change, that they feel more able to cope with that uncertainty and the transitions and feel more able to cope with that change. Um, I think last year there was a report published that said um, a lot of university, there's been a 210% rise in the number of university students dropping out because of 
the mental health. So I think in that respect, more support needs to be offered within the university and different levels of support, like the self-help type materials for those who don't feel ready yet to speak to somebody, um, but also for those who are waiting perhaps to speak to somebody, but then offering different interventions within the university and some form of peer support, again, whereby students who themselves have lived experience of mental health, you know, are able to then offer support to, to students first years, you know, when, they, when they're just starting. Um, I think it'd be good for as well, like, universities to do, or to just have someone who knows a bit more about signposting or have that information in a specific place so that students are made aware when they start. Like, if you are struggling, you can have a look at this sort of thing first. Like a mental um, health lead as well, I suppose, yeah. like, schools have, whether that's yeah. equivalent in universities, whether there's somebody that... Do you know all students know that that is who they can go to yeah you know. and it doesn't always have to be at the university as no. well it could be external like where like she might have worked with universities yes. before it could be going to minds matter or the, yeah. the nhs um service hub of hopes another good resource where you go online and type in your postcode and what sort of support you feel you need and it brings up everything in Brilliant. your local area so just having i guess a bit more knowledge or promoting that maybe a little bit more would be really yeah. useful for yeah. people mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. Would, would you also say as well with like mental health days? So like I know when I went to uni, we did a mental health day where we brought like uh, animals in to like try and help with because it helps de-stress and yeah, things like that with in. a pet things like that yeah definitely I think any sort of events that universities can run throughout the year sort of in line with particular calendar dates like you've got time to talk day you've got sort of stress awareness you've got world mental health day things like that um I think it's always really good to to kind of make a big deal of those those events and you know put something on um that's going to be memorable for people and that's going to engage students as well um and just get them at those key times to to really sort of think about where's my mental health and well-being at you know is the more that I I could do to look after my mental health or do I really need to seek some support uh, so I'd definitely encourage encourage events throughout mm. the year brilliant that's great um so just mention about the stigma with opening up why do you think that is uh, why do you think it is a sign of weakness to like open up and talk about mental health I think um sort of historically there's there's been a lot of stigma about mental health um I do think that we are kind of making lot of sort of a, a big change to that now you know with things like the time to change campaign I think um certainly in our experience the more young people we kind of work with the much more open to talking about mental health and well-being um but I think in the past it was perceived as, as a sign of weakness it could have it was perceived as a sign of well I can't cope or I should be able to deal with this and, and that type of thing so I think with time to change and sort of other things that that we do at Lancashire Minds and that the, the work that Charlotte does it, it is just really about promoting that uh, no it isn't it's not a sign of weakness at all mm-hmm. you know it's it's um it's a sign of strength really to be able to stand up and go do you know what this is too much for me I really need some support with this it's okay to need support it's okay to ask for help um and I think there's there's kind of a lot of pressure on people around things like sort of the stress of university the stress of going to work and finding a job and you know sort of saving up to buy a house and things you know social media and expectations there's there's a lot, a lot more pressures, I think, on on young people and on on sort of university students and things like that. Um, so, so I think it's it kind of it's it's been a perception that's come from generations past. I think, but we're we're certainly sort of uh, moving forward away from that now, um, and and with more people willing to open up and talk about mental health. Mm, absolutely, that's brilliant. Well, touching on uh, what you said about obviously um, graduates 
leaving uni and then trying to find a job and things like that. Um, what kind of coping mechanisms can you maybe use to help with potential post-uni depression? If, for example, you've got a job and you're wanting to, and you're trying to figure out how to go about it, or if that you've not got a job and you're finding it hard to find that job. I think it's understandable in that situation. Like again, it's like like when you first get to university, it's such a big change. Like it impacts every area. Like you might have moved away. Like yeah. you're having to do things for yourself that you haven't done before. You might not have friends and family around you. Um, again, once you leave university, that kind of happens again. You might yeah. go back to being at home or things changing. Um, and if you don't kind of, you work so hard and graduate and get kind of your degree, and then if you don't get a job after it, it can make you feel kind of um, a bit rubbish sometimes. But again, speak to people, kind of, you won't be on your own. Um, like I was in that situation when I left uni, and, and a lot of people are. It's it's kind of normal in a way, yeah. but it's maybe the way that, like, we've talked before I don't know whether it was between ourselves but like a bit like positive things that you can do so kind of like journaling um apps sort of things online you can find loads of resources online kind of on the mind website or um get self-help things like that if you are feeling low or um lacking in motivation maybe and you want to kind of plan ahead or get like I love a to-do list those are really helping yeah. mm-hmm. um but like it's finding like a sense of purpose in those little things that you do kind of in it because it all it all adds up it all matters um completing job applications they're not the easiest things now and mm-hmm. when you don't hear back it can be really deflating and like yeah. it does make you and I think it's important just to always be kind to yourself mm-hmm. you know especially like if you are you know applying for jobs and, and you sort of maybe finding that you're not always successful or you know, it's it's all sort of just a learning experience. It's a journey. Um, so I, th- I know it can be hard sometimes to see it like that, but it's it's important to just take learning from all those experiences. Mm-hmm. Always be kind to yourself and believe in yourself um, for going forward. And I think um, another acronym, which is a, is a good acronym to try and remember, is the acronym ACE, where you're looking at trying to get a balance in your life between activities that bring a sense of achievement, which is your A, activities which bring that sense of feeling close and connected to other people um, and, and the E is the enjoyment because each of those activities release those feel-good chemicals in our brain so if we can get a, a balance you know, in our lives between those activities and I think when we're stressed um, we tend to isolate ourselves more and withdraw a bit more so I think it's, it's vital that we still do remember that ACE you know, and make sure that we are around people who make us feel good about ourselves we are still doing those things that we enjoy and that make us feel feel good, make us feel calm. But yeah, ensuring that we don't withdraw, people don't withdraw and isolate themselves in that time. Yeah, absolutely, because it's like with things like social media, we're mm-hmm. like you're watching your friends get a new job or you're watching them carry on with their lives and you kind of feel stuck in a rut. Like those things would definitely help yeah. in the yeah. future. I think it's being aware of that as well. Like sometimes social media, you do only see the positive side. Um, people often have a lot more going on kind yeah. of at home or it's away from that. Yeah, seemingly perfect life is never seemingly perfect. Mm. Um, uh, just to bring it back to where students study in, both in college and at university, um, for anyone interested in like today's topic, um, what and like the works and wants to work in the mental health sector, what would you say to them? Like, Bryony, I know you studied it at college, so like it's a good one for all round experience with yeah. that one. Um, volunteer, I like volunteering really helped me. It helped me kind of understand because when I learned at university it was completely different to when I actually started working with people um I, vol- I used to volunteer at lunch my dad we both did didn't we yep. um, and I was Bernardo's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. It, it, I can't 
can I say enough about it really it gives you it's your experience. experience yeah at the moment what I've done is I've linked up with um UCLan and I've basically got um trainees who are doing their um masters in clinical psychology or they're doing their um, psychotherapy degree so I've linked up with them and they need placement hours so I'm supervising them working within the schools so that they obviously receive those placement hours but then it's also benefiting the schools because um, they've got some some extra support and what's happening in the skills that I've got a trainee working alongside me is that I will work with more complex needs those children who are, are struggling perhaps that little bit more and and the trainee will work with pupils who perhaps are struggling with dealing with anger or they have quite low self-esteem so that's working really well um, it's only started since September and this is going to be a rolling program so every year through when the university has more students coming in I will offer placements and it's like it's that like you say in that experience so mm. I think it's vital brilliant that's great well thank you for those guys um so now we're going to move on to the live chat facility questions um and we've got one from a lady called Jenny and she says who can students contact in an evening if they need to speak to someone regarding an urgent matter um well i think the first thing that we always so to say is if if it's an absolute emergency, if somebody's extremely unwell, it's an emergency, you contact 999. That would always be our sort of first, first sort of piece of advice, really. Um, and other than that, I think it's it's just sort of finding out it, what kind of um, sort of helplines that they can access. So, for example, there's there's a new um, tech service called Shout. Um, that people, uh, particularly sort of younger people, or can, can kind of text if they're sort of feeling like they're in crisis and they they really need to talk to somebody. Um, there's the Samaritans as well. They're, yeah, they're really good. It's free. You ring up. Um, there's always someone there to listen. Mm. Um, that's yeah. Such valuable yeah, there might also be it. It can kind of differ as well, depending on whereabouts you're based in in Lancashire or, or elsewhere in the UK. Um, there, there might be some other sort of out of hours services that people can contact. So I'd definitely say do some research and find out what's um, available in your area. What's available yeah. in your area, because there'll be there'll be lots sort of some differences really in terms of who provides what, depending on where you're based. That's brilliant, fantastic. Um, so we've got one from Barbara who said, where can students go if they need to seek professional help, if they don't feel like actually calling up or if they actually feel like I need to do something about this right now and they're more of an active person about it, what, what, where would you suggest them going or potentially doing something themselves at home? I think we'll always, always encourage somebody to go to the GP you know, if they feel like they, they're sort of really struggling and they don't really know what else to do. Um, but a GP is sort of your first port of call in terms of if you feel you need to access mental health services. Um, so, so that would always be the, sort of the first thing that we would suggest. So a GP will then be able to kind of signpost or make any sort of relevant referrals to, to services that, that that person might benefit from. And they've got IAT services now within G most GP surgeries, which is, stands for um, Improving Access to Psychological Therapies. So it's um, different psychological therapies that they'll offer for people alongside um, medication. Um, for IAT as well, they do offer an online CBT course that people can do, you know, if they don't feel ready to go and speak to somebody mm -hmm. in person. And they also do um, run groups, different groups around like CBT style groups. Um, which isn't for everybody because obviously so a lot of people mm. struggling with anxiety will find that quite difficult. Um, but it's just knowing that there's different levels of support available and, and asking for them. 
think sometimes it can be googling as well because there's although like the there's minds matter around here which yeah. like the brilliant yourself referring to yeah. as well there's also other services away from that with that they offer kind of counseling or cbt yeah um like this and it's just a case again googling it Find see where you can get yeah. it that's brilliant thanks and um final question um Abby asks, how can you look after your well-being with, when you're dealing with mental health? If like, you're feeling low and you don't want to do anything, really, how can you like, try and maintain that through like, a bit of looking after yourself? Uh, well, I think some, one of the things that, that kind of we, we sort of underpins a lot of the work that we do at Lancashire Minds is all about looking after your well-being. So it's around the five ways to well-being. So your five ways to well-being are to connect, to be active, to take notice, to keep learning and to give. Um, and they're just five really simple daily actions that everybody can, can do. And people probably already do quite a bit of those things, but it's just being aware that they are five really simple things that 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 can keep you, your sort of mental well-being really good. Even, you know, if you're living with a mental health condition or if you're not, sort of taking part and incorporating the five ways to well-being into your daily life can be really useful. So just sort of having connections, having positive relationships, having a social network around you, being active, physical exercise, you know, we know that's really good for our, our physical health, also amazing for our mental health. Taking notice is all about um, just sort of being in the moment and, and sort of trying to... Um, just sort of spend some time sort of on your own yeah noticing what's around yeah think sort of trying to sort of put other worries and things out of your mind even just for a couple of minutes a day but also about um note being grateful and noticing what's good and positive in your life um keep learning just sort of all about learning new things learning a new skill learning a new hobby it really really improves confidence which is good for mental well-being um and give just about you know giving back doing something nice for somebody it can be voluntary work or it can be just as simple as smiling at somebody or holding the door open for somebody um so really easy really straightforward things um but we know that doing those things regularly can help maintain good mental well-being and key what you said before about being kind to yourself yeah absolutely <laughs> i think you forget when you you don't feel like your normal self that's when you stop doing things that you used to enjoy like yes. listening to music reading yes. a book like go back and kind of start from scratch and do what you used to enjoy that's brilliant well thank you guys for joining us today um that's all we've got time for and just to say thank you to all the schools that have joined us as well we hope we've encouraged you to be more open about mental health to talk to listen and to change lives um we'll be adding on the helplines um that will be available after the broadcast has ended today uh, and also the broadcast will be available on demand as well um in the future um so just keep watching the learn live channel and we'll uh, see you later guys bye